0: All right, so this morning, we're going to open with a story. So rewind the tape a little bit to 2012. I know that's a long time ago, right? Pre-COVID. So back in 2012, my son, Andrew, was saving up, right? He was doing odd jobs. He sold some stuff on eBay, working toward getting the Nintendo 3DS XL portable gaming system, right? He had over $150 saved at that point in time. He could see that gaming system in his hands. On October 28th, though, something changed. See, that year, many of you may remember this, uh, we had, they were talking about Haiti in Sunday school. And they had a thing called Quest for Quarters, right? Where one quarter could get a meal for a kid in need, right? Because most of the kids didn't even get a meal a day. Well, that Sunday morning on the 28th, we had a special offering in the sanctuary, And it shows how, I don't know other parents out there, how unobservant we are of our children as we're getting ready and trying to get them to church, right? He stands up in his shorts and he pulls out this wad in a Ziploc bag of every dollar I knew he had and put it in the plate. And I looked at him, I said, what's that? And he said, dad, that's enough for 623 meals. Almost enough to feed two kids for a year. So that was a very proud and humbling moment for dad to see someone do, to see your son do that for people he'll probably never, ever meet. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're continuing in summer stories on generosity, right? Now, I thought about this as I was preparing. I was like, okay, how big a deal is this? And I'm going to have you guys guess here. How many verses in the Bible do you think talk about generosity or giving? You can just throw a number out there. See if the coffee's working this morning. 100, 31, a little higher, a little higher, but good, thank you. Over 2,000 verses in the Bible, right? One in every 10 verses in the New Testament, 16 of Jesus' 38 parables. So that's where we're going this morning. So if I can have that first slide, Preston, thank you. So here's, here's our kind of summary this morning. Biblical living equals cheerfully generous giving. See, where generosity and cheerfulness meet is where we are supposed to live. Now, I know I saw some of your eyes, right? Oh, great, we're talking about money, right? But it's so much more than money. It's about our time, our talents, our gifts. And as we unpack that through the scripture that God led me to this morning, I hope you see our hearts here. So just a couple things. We're gonna share a lot. I'm gonna share a lot of story about family and friends and friends and people that have been generous to us, and some of our generosity to others. And as I look around, I see many people I've served with in different things. So please hear my heart this morning. It's not not to elevate anyone in these stories. It's just to give you examples of what generosity looks like for our everyday lives. And also, I think a lot of times when we talk about generosity and giving, I just want you to feel the grace of God, our Father, this morning. Maybe some hearts will be pulled, you know, some strings will be pulled, but no condemnation or shame this morning, but rather challenge us to see how God is moving for us to be a conduit of generosity to those around us. So more on that in a few minutes. So as we think of those two words, so again, I'm going to see if the coffee's working, so it's okay to talk in church. When you hear the word generous, what do you think about? What comes to your mind? Over the top. Awesome. Abundance. Abundance. Thank you. Was what was that? Nice? Yes. Awesome. Selfless. Great. Those are all great words. How about cheerful? What comes to your mind when you think cheerful? Joy. Joy. Thank you. Winning. Winning. Great. All right. Can I have the next slide, please, Preston? So if you look these words up, here's what they are. Generosity. The quality of being kind. Right? Unselfish. It's hospitality. It's friendship. When we think of cheerful, it's joyous, full of good spirits. And I love this one: someone who dispels gloom and worry. Not reluctant, right? All in. And the Greek, if you look in the, in the word that's used in the New Testament, is hilaros. It's where we get hilarious from. So, for those of you online and here, if you got your Bibles and if you want to get them out, we're going to be going to Second Corinthians nine verses 6 through 15. And I'm going to be reading a little different. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. It's a newer translation, but I just love the wording it has for this. In fact, the section is subtitled, Hilarious Generosity. So again, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. Hear the words of the Lord. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment, and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Just as the scriptures say about the one who trusts in him, because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for all of our meals, is even more extravagant toward you, each one of us. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seeds as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. The priestly ministry you are providing through your offering not only supplies what is lacking for God's people, it inspires an outpouring of praises and thanksgiving to God himself. For as your extremely generous offering meets the approval of those in Jerusalem, it will cause them to give glory to God, all because of your loyal support and allegiance to the gospel of Christ, as well as your generous-hearted partnership with them toward those in need. Because of this extravagant grace, which God has lavished on you, you will affectionately remember you in their prayers. Praise God for his astonishing gifts, which are far too great for words. These are the words of God. Thanks be to God. So some key points. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start here again. I'm going to do, I loved what Allie did last week, right? That was a great piece with Josh. I really like that. And I like the aside, right? Kind of the TV commercial timeout, right? To give a little bit of the background. So I'm going to use a story on our family to, to start the background. So when Allie, our daughter, was about five, we took a trip to the Mall of America, their first time, right? American Girl, stall, girl Doll Store, uh, there was mini golf, there's rides, so everybody's excited. There's a Lego store, it might have been for me, um, but there's all this stuff. So we go into the parking ramp and we go in, and we see a few things, but we had an extra special surprise. We'd made reservations at the Rainforest Cafe, which was down a flight of stairs, or as we come to realize, an escalator. So we took Allie over to the escalator, and we quickly realized she had inherited her mom and dad's fear of heights. So she thought she could do it when we got there, and there was just no way she was getting on that shoelace eater. So we said, we'll go to an elevator. She goes, okay, that'll be great. We'll go to the elevator. We find the elevators. They're glass elevators. There was no way she was getting on the elevator. And I would challenge any of you that go to the Mall of America to find a flight of stairs. There are none. So we went back to what we thought would only be the only option we had was the escalator. And there was crying. I tried to pull her down. That wasn't going to work. And eventually we became, we got to a Jesus Peter moment. As the police came and they separated us, the police officer goes down and goes, young lady, do you know this man? And I was really hoping she wouldn't deny me at that point. She didn't. She goes, no, that's my dad. So we made it past that hurdle. Um, And then finally, after a few tries, we pretended we were my little pony. She went up in my arms, closed her eyes, and we flew down the escalator. And we enjoyed a meal at Rainforest Cafe. So, why do I share that? You see, at this time, the background of this is Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem was in need, there was famine, there was persecution. Paul is traveling around, and he's now at Corinth, and he's challenging those, giving them a vision of generosity of how they could be part of God's plan and participate with them in blessing others. But they were reluctant. They weren't sure about this whole thing. They they couldn't see past and what may be a better thing on the other side. And that's what we're going to unpack this morning. So, verse 6. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. So, being a farm kid right? And I think many of us from Iowa, we get this, right? If I plant a row of corn and Tom plants an acre of corn, who's going to have more corn at the end of the year? Tom, right? Okay, we get this, right? If we sow more, we're going to get more. See, God gives to givers to keep giving, not to store up treasures where moth and rust destroy, as we hear in Matthew. We need to sow those seeds. And as Pastor Kevin has talked about about a month ago, if you heard his sermon, You know, one example of that is us as a church body, all of you, and the giving we give here. As he mentioned, we give over 20% of what comes in in our offering to other ministries. So we are blessed, and we are passing that along. And I think that's a key piece to this. And so I'm going to stop right here and just ask a question I think we have to all wrestle with. Do you have margin in your life to sow with a generous spirit? you have the capacity to bless and be generous if you don't can I gracefully push that maybe you need to reevaluate perhaps you're spending too much on your kids on your toys your hobbies or on coffee right I mean seriously some of you spend like five dollars a cup on these coffees there's another coffee scooters came up I'm like how much does this town spend on coffee Maybe it's too much time. Maybe you're on committees. Maybe you're on a whole bunch of boards and things of that nature, and you're not spending the time God wants you to spend with your kids, your spouse, your friends, your neighbors. You see, we need margin in our lives, financially, spiritually, emotionally, and our time so we can be generous to others so that we can reap what we sow. Verse 7. This is my favorite verse of this passage. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious, cheerful generosity. And in this section, this is the only imperative. This is the only command. Everyone, everyone is to give cheerfully, hilariously from our hearts, not out of duty, but how you're being led. And everything else will talk Talks about how we can do that. To give freely what you've decided in your hearts, whatever that may be, again, financially or with your time and talents. For our family, that looks different ways, right? When Michelle and I were first married and living in Minneapolis, we didn't think we could tithe, right? When we moved to Pella in 1999, we kind of got convicted. We started tithing after tax. <laughs> Quickly, we moved to before tax. And at that time, we set a goal, a lifetime giving goal, which is a big goal. And we may not get there, but we have that goal. And I, and I wanted to stress it's not about that. That's what we're feeling led to. But what are you feeling led to? But I guarantee you, you won't reach any of the goals you don't set. And it's not just about money. It's about time. And I'm seeing a few people in the audience, right? Set those things where you go. I, we served along many many of you at Well or the Axe serve events, right? We've been to Haiti Baha, maybe you teach Sunday school. We all have gifts we can use, put in place, but we have to have that margin. We have to have that margin so we can meet friends, maybe going through a job change, a difficult spot in a relationship, whatever it may be, so we can be with them, take that time with them. And I want to challenge those of us that are married, will you make sure you're still t- taking your spouse on dates, taking time to be with your kids, For those that aren't married, here online later, maybe it's to hang out with your nieces and nephews or your friends or your neighbors because relationships matter. A couple stories from my childhood, if I could have the tractor slide. So I couldn't wait as a kid, right, growing up on the farm. One of the things we did and one of my earliest memories is when I wanted it to snow so bad because my dad and I, we'd get in the tractor and we'd go plow out the neighborhood to get to the main road. And it was so much fun to go and just fly into those drifts and as a four or five-year-old gets slammed around in the cab, right? But it was cheerful generosity to help our neighbors. Or the, the countless hours my brother and I spent with my mom baking, right? That's one of her spiritual gifts. And we'd make all these treats to give to people who had maybe been in the hospital or were sick or just because, right? Cheerful, generous giving. Verse eight, yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything. Every moment and in every way, he will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. You see, we don't deserve it, do we? But we are given grace. God is overwhelming us if we look for it every day. See, Jesus, God came to earth. He had a simple life. He met people where they were, but he also challenged them in truth. And then he died for us, the ultimate gift. I hope that God's radical generosity and his grace, you can see that. I hope you can see God as a loving God there for us. He's there for you, being generous. And in every moment, as it says, and every good work will flow from God. So whether you're a teacher, a counselor, a counselor, an accountant, a car mechanic, you have skills, talents, and ability that God will use if you let him or others. And I had another example, but I was reminded as I was here this morning and um, early um, got to see the worship team and just listened to the music and I saw, and I hope I don't embarrass her, but I saw Amanda on stage. And she was Allie's, my daughter's dance instructor for many years. And as I've unpacked over the, over the, the years, uh, several of you know, my daughter deals with anxiety and fear and going through some of that. And she wasn't feeling quite good enough. And I'll never forget when she came home one day and she said, no, she goes, Miss Amanda told me, you know, she was trying to do somersaults, right? And she just couldn't do it. And she goes, Miss Amanda just told me I can't do it yet. Words matter. Words matter. Verse nine, just as the scriptures say about the one who trusts in him, because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. And if you look at this verse, many times when I've read this in the past, I thought it was about God, but it's really a reference to Psalm 112, which is about a person, right? Someone who gives freely and cheerfully is not reluctant and they won't be forgotten. Their deeds won't be forgotten. And I'm reminded of two two stories in my life. One was a man named Clarence. So I worked at the hy Deli in Marshalltown for about six years in high school and college. And as many of you know, I like to talk. So I would get to know some of the patrons there because there was quarter coffee. They could put a quarter and drink coffee all day. So Clarence was one of the old guys that would come in in the mornings. I'd work a lot of mornings. And he'd be there with friends and then sitting by himself. And when I would get off, I'd stop and just talk to him and get to know him a little bit, know about his family and, and those types of things. Well, just before I was ready to head to college, I got a really nice letter from Clarence and some money for my tuition. And what I found out is he did this to a couple high school kids each year that he saw demonstrated joy and a love for others. You see, his cheerful generosity in the note he wrote me and, more importantly, the stories that we shared over many summers are something I will always remember. And I know I've talked about my friend Chad Symington before who passed away last year, but as I entered college during those dark daring eras that I've unpacked a little bit over the time, you know, I was heavy into GNR and Metallica and Dream Theater, Dr. Dre, mixed with a little Brooks and Dunn and Garth Brooks. My, my music tastes span all spectrums. Um, but he stopped in after a few weeks of hearing this, and he could have just said, you know, stop listening to that crap. But he stopped over and he said, hey, I hear you like a lot of music. Here's a CD you might enjoy. I still have that CD, PFR Them, right? A little heavier Christian band at the time. So he didn't say, just stop that. He met me where I was in grace. Hey, here's some music. But he gave me truth through that music. And he did that for thousands of other students as he went into college ministry after that. Cheerfully generous. Verses 10 and 11. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need, and I love this, plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as all of us sow it, so that the harvest of our generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. You see, you will be enriched generously. Not could, not maybe, not might. It says you will. Now, this is not the prosperity gospel. Anybody that talks about that is a liar. It's false teaching. But if I could have that slide with the heart, Preston. I love this. I got this from John Piper, who's a famous author and, and preacher. And we're a conduit for God. See, God provides to us generously so that we can provide and be cheerfully generous to others. I just love that picture, right? And that circle inside of our heart, that is the, that is the intersection that produces his glory and our joy. And I remember last year in, in COVID, right? It was, it was just about Christmas time. It was early December, and we hadn't been to the mall in like a year, right? Like most of us, and it was kind of opening back up a little bit. And we decided we'd, we'd go up and do some Christmas shopping. And we had a gift card that somebody had given us from Cheesecake Factory, $100 gift card. And we said, awesome, we're going to have cheesecake, right? So we went up there and, and uh, we sat down and our server, probably 19 to 22, somewhere in there, came over. And I don't know about any of you, as I get older and, and when there's background noise, I don't always hear as well. And he goes, hi, my name is... And I'm like, what? And I turned him in and said, what? And he goes, he said, I'm Jake from State Farm. I'm like, I got it, right? So I, didn't, I, I will always remember that his name was Jake. Um, but he was absolutely sarcastic, which I love. He was really good to my kids. So as, as the meal ended, right, and we'd, we knew, we'd seen on the news, right, that servers and stuff were struggling just because of the time and time off and all those things. And as we do, a lot of times as a family, we said, okay, is anybody being led? What, what should we give them as a tip, right? We all heard $100. We wanted to pass that gift along. And so we did that, and we, we didn't want any recognition. We're leaving, and, but the cheesecake caught our eye on the way out, right, as we're looking at it. And he came up, and this, this young man gave me a huge hug in the middle of Cheesecake Factory. And he said, you can't imagine what that means to me. We got to be generous for God. Another story I'd like to share is just, many of you have heard me talk about my father-in-law, Roger Brophart. He had a stroke eight years ago, just over eight years ago now, is in a nursing home. And I want to honor two gentlemen, right? First, the third body, as we were going through that, gas cards, taking our kids, meals, we were truly blessed during that first initial time as we went through that. But Dr. Dave Barnes and Arvin Vanzani are friends of Rogers here in town, been friends for 20 years. And they're gamers, right? Not like Sorry and Uno. They're like the board games you've never heard of that take like days to play, you know? Um, Every week up until COVID, they came with a new board game, some Dutch treats, and Diet Coke to play a game with a friend who can only say about 20 words now. Radical, cheerful generosity. Well, I hope I'm never in that situation. If I am, I hope I have friends like Dave and Armin. Verse 12, the priestly ministry you are providing through your offering not only supplies what is lacking for God's people, it inspires an outpouring of praises and thanksgiving to God himself. This verse is easy. Let's thank God in all that we're able, that we get and all that we're able to give. God provides everything and we are extremely blessed. So will you honor God in all you give? Verses 13 and 14, For as your extremely generous offering meets the approval of those in Jerusalem, somewhere else, somewhere you don't know, it will cause them to give glory to God, all because of your loyal support and allegiance to the gospel of Christ, as well as your generous-hearted partnership with them toward those in need. Because of this extraordinary grace, which God has lavished on you, they will affectionately remember you in their prayers. See, like these believers... Many times we will be asked to donate to pray for other ministries and support other ministries. Do you know how much that matters? Do you believe that prayer matters? I hope you do, because it does. As some of you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the board for Many Hands for Haiti, have been for many years here now. Gotten to visit there many times and see the amazing work of the people in that organization And as I've went there, I've got to, in Haiti, witness the worship services. And they're they're just amazing to me. The gatherings, to hear the region is being impacted by the offerings many of you are giving. To hear them be thankful for us, to pray for us here in Pella, who'll never get to see it. There is thanksgiving to God because of those gifts and those prayers. There is healing, conversion. There's a region in Haiti being changed because of us. What's even more humbling as I've went to Haiti is I went there with American syndrome the first time, right? What can I fix? What can I do? Not to realize how much I would be fixed, how much I would take away. Not only the prayers that they would have, but knowing what true joy, what true contentment in all things is. I've learned so much from my Haitian brothers and sisters, you see, we can simply pray for our Christian, uh, other Christians, for other churches, for other ministries. And that simple act is cheerful generosity of giving your time and prayers for others. Verse 15. Praise God for his astonishing gift, which is far too great for words. See, ultimately, giving provides glory to God for the amazing gifts he's given us and for being able to participate with him through us for others because of God's sufficiency we can be cheerfully generous see and when we went through the series of kingdom's economy and our life in the exile over the last couple of years we started an acts and i think for many of us it looks weird right people are going coming together and giving selling their land right and giving it to other people i think we first think about okay this sounds like a cult right or we go to the other extreme it's like okay give me some of that right But there were no social services in Rome. And I have a little secret. That was never to be government's role. It's ours. The bride. The church. To provide cheerfully, generously to those in need. That's what changed the world then. That's what got Christianity to grow. Perhaps. That's where we need to go again. To see revival. The church being known what it is for more than what it's against. Balancing grace and truth. Jesus wants our hearts so that we can show generosity to those in need. And I have another little secret that's taken me far too long in my life to realize. We control a lot less than we think we do. So as the worship team uh, comes back up here, if I could have, uh, I don't know which slide it is, Preston, with kind of keys to remember. Second to last slide. Uh, The slide before that, please. Perfect. Thank you. So, some keys to remember this morning. We must move from reluctancy to cheerfully generous giving, as it will bring us joy, more joy than we can possibly imagine. And generosity is more than money. I think a lot of times we get hung up on that. Yes, it's about money, but it's about our time, our talents, our gifts. We have so much to share with others. And God will give to us to give to others. We're that conduit. And we must live in that assurance. I hope you know God's assurance this morning. In the amazing grace he has given us, the generosity he has given us through his son. Give thanks to God in all things because biblical living equals cheerfully generous giving. And if I can have that last slide, Preston. So some things maybe to talk about as a family and, and as you're going through this, this week at work. Where are you being called to, cheerfully, to be cheerfully generous in the coming season? Maybe meet with your family, sit down, maybe set some goals. What would, what would those look like? For you and your family, and will you take a step in your family, your neighborhood, your workplace, maybe at school? A school starts start starting up weeks to be generous with your time, your talents, and your finances. I hope you will, because let's make our community, our region, our neighborhoods, and our families be able to know that biblical living equals cheerfully generous giving. Amen.